Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. The following is a presentation of the Belly Up Sports Media Network. This is your main event, Mark's Podcast. I am your first host, lifelong wrestling fan, former radio guy, cat dad, and the granddaddy of them all. I am Troy. And with me, as always, is the main event collector and figure-hunting warrior. He's the WWE walking wrestling encyclopedia and the Roman Reigns to my Brock Lesnar. It's Greg. What's up, Greg? Please, man, how old are you? Call yourself the granddad? I'm, I'm... No, aging. no, no, you said I, I, yeah, like... I'm, yeah, I'm aging like Benjamin Button. <laughs> You remember that movie? There you go. Yeah, of course. <laughs> it had the most handsome man in the world in it. Yeah, right. It, the movie wasn't very good, but there was this uh, movie he was in with, uh, he had a small role that just came out, uh, uh, like Lost Paradise. I, I don't know, something with Sandra Bullock and Channing Tatum in it. But <laughs> Sandra, Bullock, yeah, Sandra Bullock looked at uh, Brad Pitt. She's like, you're so handsome. And he's like, thank you. My father was a weatherman. <laughs> Uh, oh, I guess uh, Channing Tatum just uh, chopped liver. Yeah, right. Well, who the hell are you compared to Brad Pitt? Well, when you say that, nobody, but it wasn't uh, <laughs> Magic Mike. Yeah, right. Never seen it before. Anyone makes any jokes? He's in another Magic Mike. I'm like, mother of God, dude. I thought you were past your dick dancer days. Apparently not. And you look like that. You can dick dance all the time, dude. Exactly. Spoiler. <laughs> uh, but. Uh, something we didn't see uh, when we were down in New Orleans was Dick Dancers, but we were in New Orleans. For oh, because show. we didn't go to, uh, what was that? Joey Janela's All Gay Bash? Something like that? I, dude, I don't even remember. He, that was a he real some thing. Kind of, it was, was called Joey Janela's like, Gay Bash or something like that. I Not like talking bad about like It's just like a, the name could have been, been better. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, He did it last year, too. Wow. Okay, then. <laughs> Well, you and I... Uh, Don't misunderstand actually... me. I, I wouldn't go just because it's Joey Janela. Most, one yeah, of the most right. useless guys in wrestling. But... Uh, excuse me. You say his name properly. Jelly Nutella. Jelly Nutella. Oh, there you go. <laughs> but yeah, when, when he popped up in AEW, I was like, all right. Like, and I was all for AEW when it started up and everything. I was like, cool, an alternate company, whatever, someplace else for people to work. And then I saw Joey Janela and I was like, I'm losing confidence already. But... <laughs> The he first thing he does, he comes out with Jimmy Havoc. That should tell you right there the plans. <laughs> yeah. Another guy who didn't last very long. And didn't they He's the first Joey... guy ever fired from AEW. You know that, right? <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. I forgot about Jimmy that. Jimmy Havoc. Uh, pronouns, pal. Yeah. Hashtag uh, me too stuff. Yeah. I, I never knew why. I just heard about it. Pretty sure it I'm was like, the... oh, man, I'm losing sleep over this one. 
<laughs> pretty sure it was in the in the height of the Me Too because you know he's British, and that was during all the time where it was like it seemed like every other British wrestler turned out to be a giant creep. Allegedly. So. <laughs> But anyway, uh, we were in New Orleans. We did not see any of the indie shows. And honestly, you and I looked and we were like, eh. We parked in front of one. Do you remember that? Yes. We were going to access and we parked in front of an indie show because Tommy Dreamer was coming out the back door in front of your car. <laughs> yeah, it was like, uh, yeah, because it was in some like warehouse looking building. And then you walk Shop. around. Yeah, you walk around the building and like the next block up and there was the building access was in. That was fun. Uh, but access was cool. I don't know what the hell was going on in that indie show, but I didn't really give that a crap. It was cool until you trolled FTR, you dick. <laughs> Look, I will say this. I only packed just enough clothes for like each day. And I thought at the time we'd be going to an indie show. And the only indie kind of shirt I had was a bullet club shirt. And I'm like, <sighs> not just a bullet one club of these shirt. Days. No, no, no. No, that Elaborate was the bullet. No, that was the Bullet Club shirt I wore that day because I hadn't gotten my uh, my Young Bucks shirt yet. It was the Young Bucks shirt you were wearing, though, because they talked shit about your shirt. So why do you like those guys? <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, but then the <laughs> then the best thing was I got a picture of uh, I was with well at the time they were obviously the revival, but I, I got a picture with them. Uh, they're throwing up the the peace sign, and I'm throwing up the too sweet, and I don't know. I think it was Cash Wheeler was someone he, he like gave me a dirty look. It was like f you. <laughs> And then they, uh, they, they signed and, an autograph. And, they, and going off of current day, I'm thinking that was legit. <laughs> yeah, it was hilarious. So they were they were good sports about it, and they were like, "Get the hell out of here!" <laughs> Everybody in line popped. You didn't see it. I told you about it. You were like, "Whoa, what happened?" <laughs> uh, but yeah, that was, that was fun. Uh, uh, everything access. If you have not been to WrestleMania access, there's a lot to do, a lot to see. It was fun. Uh, what happened this year? Yeah, well, it, it, the only thing that wasn't fun was we got stuck in line by, like, in front of or behind a dude who just was a giant smart. Oh, that's uh, Roy Lucier. He's a. I found out who it was. Yeah. Oh, he's a, he's in the major pod group, and he goes to all the independent shows in California. Yeah. So the Mark has a name. Got it. Okay, I just always knew him as the Smark who knew everything in line. Yeah. <laughs> He's okay. a good friend of Matt Cardone and Brian Myers too. Uh, of course he is. He also ta- let us know that he uh, he he hangs out with Kevin Nash and all that kind of stuff. So I can't fault okay. him for that. Look, let me just let me just clarify something. He's got pictures of himself with like every freaking wrestler ever. So he's kind of got some kind of hookup. Yeah. So I I can't crap on him too much, but man, like like in line, he annoyed the crap out of me, dude. <laughs> like, dude, I just well, you were wearing a Young Bucks shirt, so you were rubbing him right. <laughs> yeah right but either way uh yeah we like i said we were obviously there had some great cajun foods first time i ever ate gator in my life that was fun was so damn good yeah it was good we had uh I, uh I i brought you to some barbecue place i can't even remember the name of it now but it was awesome uh, we saw a ton of wrestlers all over the place we ate at a local burrito place walked down because we- of course <laughs> We walked and drove down Bourbon Street. That was something. Tons of tons of memories of that. Uh, it was that crazy, area. like walking down Bourbon Street, and I, it's kind of small, like narrow. Yeah. And then you're like, during Mardi Gras, a billion people here. Like, how the hell do you even walk around in here? Uh, yep. Uh, asshole elbows, man. It's just all over the place. Just people, uh, people wall to wall. 
and then I guess they were filming something when we were down there, so we had to avoid one area. And they're like, yeah, they're uh, filming a show. Come to find out, was that NCI New Orleans, I think, or oh uh, yeah, whatever the hell, whatever is New Orleans, Law and Order, or something on those all got like a hundred shows. So whatever one takes sense. place in New Orleans, yeah. And uh, walking down Bourbon Street, it was funny. A few bars were like blasting WWE themes from their sound uh, sound systems. That was all fun. It was a good time had by all, except the only uh, thing I regret we didn't get on a fan boat. People were down a swamp. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I would have been looking all over the. I, I, I would have been looking all over the place. Like uh, I, I don't want to end up like Captain Hook here. All right, like <laughs> let's, uh, let's keep it on the boat. Uh, but yeah. I liked this event, not to spoil the ending here, but I and watching it back. I liked it maybe more like and I'm yeah, I was surprised at what my favorite match was watching it back because I thought it was something different. Yeah. And now, like looking at it, looking back at it, I still have some criticism where it's like, all right, and I'll get to it at the end of the show. Like, it's like there's some things on the show where it's like to this day, like even like all these years later, looking back, I'm like, why did you do that? But the matches, I have nothing negative about. Like, the match quality, 9 out of 10 matches on this card were great. I think there was, there was only one match I, I said was below average, and I think you can figure out which one that was. But we'll get to it all. Uh, every Everything else on this card, or almost damn near everything on this card was fantastic. So we'll, we'll talk about all that. We do have a, a handful of news and notes to get to here. First, I do want to tell everybody about the new sponsor of the podcast, Today's episode is sponsored by Mahler Bros Golf. We all want to look good on the golf course, but it often comes at the expense of feeling good. Mahler Bros Golf has polos that look good and feel good. With their lightweight and stretchy material that hugs your body, you'll feel cool while looking just as cool. These polos are guaranteed to make you look better, but it's up to you to golf better. On a hot summer day on the golf course, there's no polo that you would rather wear than Mahler Bros Golf Signature Polos. Mahler Bros Golf has a large catalog of polos with designs for those who want a loud design and others for those that want a subtle and sleek-looking design. They also have fun t-shirts, hats, tumblers, and so much more to make your golfing experience better. Use code BELLYUP at MahlerBros.com for 15% off. I gotta ask, let's be honest, alright? Are your polos getting outdated and dingy? I know for a fact that mine are. I've wore them way too long and way too much. It's time to get new ones that'll make you stand out on the golf course. Don't wait to try out your new favorite golf apparel. Upgrade your golf attire with Mahler Bros. Get 15% off at MahlerBros.com with code BELLYUP. That's 15% off at M-A-H-L-E-R-Bros.com with code BELLYUP. Turn heads on the course or wherever you wear Mahler Bros polos. Mahler Bros golf. Look good. Feel good. Feel good. Play good. But now we're going to get into our first break here where we're going to tell you about our merchandise and some of the great podcasts that we're going to pimp here. Uh, We don't have a promo, so I'm going to pimp these guys right off the top. Uh, We did a couple of weeks ago. We don't have a promo for these guys, but Rasslin' Addicts, go check them out. Just like Jacob Grandi with Curtin Jerkin on our YouTube page, we don't have a promo for him either. Either one of them, if you want to hear about like current wrestling stuff, I think Jacob Grandi does more on Curtin Jerkin as far as like just across the world. covers Japan and the Indies. Curtin Jerkin across the world, man. Do you know how many puns I have on Twitter for that? <laughs> I'm sure you do. And but uh, yeah, he covers like Mexico, Japan, the Indies, uh, Europe. I like 
he watches like I don't know how he has that much time to watch that much wrestling. It's like that's a lot. And he knows what's going on. So he's very knowledgeable and everything current. So go check him out when you can. Uh, Jacob is doing great with uh, with the current take on uh, on wrestling as his wrestling addicts. Go check them out and uh, subscribe to the YouTube channel so you can keep up with uh, Curtin Jerkin, plus our show, plus all things not wrestling related in media. We're going to take our first break on the other end of this. You know you want to. Absolutely. And on the other end of this, we're going to get in the news and notes. Follow the Main Event Marks at Facebook.com forward slash Main Event Marks pod on Twitter at Main Event underscore Marks and on Instagram at Main Event underscore Marks and at Main Event Collector. Get ready to rumble in your new Main Event Marks merchandise. We've got t-shirts, hoodies, masks, hats, stickers, pins, and much more on our Redbubble store. That's maineventmarks.redbubble.com. You can also pick up some awesome clothing items with the latest updated show graphics on our Bonfire store. That's bonfire.com slash store slash main event marks. Support your favorite retro wrestling podcast and pick up some cool swag on our Bonfire and Redbubble stores. That's maineventmarks.redbubble.com and bonfire.com slash store slash main event marks. By God! Somebody's interrupting the main event marks! Sit down, JR. It's just me, Kyle Sullivan, a.k.a. Shaggy Von Doom, your host of Here in Puckburg on the Hockey Podcast Network. I know, a hockey show on the main event marks. Who would have thought? This is an invasion angle. Somewhere between the Nexus and when WCW tried to invade WWE, you know, somewhere in there. But I'm over here just telling you that one half of your tag team champions over here, Greg... He told his story of his love for the game of hockey over on my show. And if you'd like to hear that story, all you have to do is search here in Puckburg, wherever you get your podcasts, or on YouTube. In the meantime, Shagamania's got to go run wild on some other hockey show. So, just remember, quote the Raven, nevermore. Take your vitamins, say your prayers, and oh yeah! Event marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Find all of our links on our link tree at linktr.ee forward slash main event marks. And we're back. We're back. The main event marks is sponsored by Shocked Energy. Shocked Energy is a healthier alternative to traditional energy drinks that gives the energy that gamers need while in a long session without skimping on their health. Their products come in a powder form to mix into your water. You can either choose the green apple or watermelon boxes. If you want to try both, you can get the sample kit. Use our link in the podcast description or simply go to shockedenergy.com. At checkout, use our promo code MAINEVENT. That's all one word to save 10% off your order. That's promo code MAINEVENT to save 10% at checkout. Also, if you're tuning into a wrestling podcast to hear about wrestling and you want it gimmick and politic free, you probably want the same out of your products. Are you ready to ditch the gimmick coffee? Coffee brand coffee is fresh roasted to order using only the highest quality coffee sourced direct from farms around the world. They've got bagged coffee as well as K-cups. Not into coffee? Well, they've got great teas and cocos as well. At Coffee Brand Coffee, their head coffee roasters have mastered the art of unlocking flavors hidden inside their beans. Each batch is custom crafted and curated to accompany unique flavor profiles. 
click on the link in the podcast description or go to coffeebrandcoffee.com and use our special promo code main event all one word at checkout to get five percent off your order that's coffeebrandcoffee.com and use the promo code main event to save five percent at checkout news and notes time let's hit that stinger that is correct shut the fuck up dave Everything that guy just says bullshit. And now it's news and notes time. All right. Uh, first up here, let's start with uh, with the WWE stuff. Not much outside of WWE is actually going on at this time, believe it or not. But on March 5th, WWE and the Saudi General Sports Authority advertised a live event titled The Greatest Royal Rumble to be held on April 27th at the King Abdullah International Stadium, part of the King Abdullah Sports City in Jeddah, Saudi Arabia. The event was announced to feature the largest version of the Royal Rumble match to date, having a total of 50 participants. The event was the first in a 10-year strategic multi-platform partnership between WWE and Saudi, uh, the Saudi General Authority, the Sports Authority, rather, in support of Saudi Vision 2030, Saudi Arabia's social and economic reform program. On March 19th, WWE scheduled matches for all seven of their main roster male championships across the Raw, SmackDown, and 205 Live brands at the time. Uh, first thing at the end there, uh, this show reminded me that 205 Live was a thing. I, I Very few people remember it. It's fine. I completely forgot about that that thing. I was like, oh yeah, but uh, yeah, the greatest Royal Rumble, man. Uh, any fond memories of it? No. <laughs> yeah, uh, I remember uh, Titus O'Neil. Um, uh, going face first and literally sliding under the ring when he was running to uh, to enter in the match. I also remember they had a random sumo wrestler in the match. Supposedly that was because they wanted Yokozuna, who obviously was passed away. So they just got He's a random slow, sumo. Huh? Yeah. Yeah, because they said, uh, we want, supposedly, they said, well, we want Yokozuna and the Ultimate Warrior. They're like, um... Both dead, you know, but yeah, they they got some random people to be in that match, too. I remember that. Uh, is his name still Commander Aziz in WWE? No, he's back to being Davo Kato. Oh, OK. Yeah, he was he was in the match before anybody knew who he was. Uh, there was a couple other guys, pretty big dudes in the match. I was like, and you are. But yeah, it's uh, kind of the world's introduction to him. Who is this? <laughs> uh, didn't uh, Braun Strowman won that, right? And he got a big green belt. Yeah. Because of it? <laughs> oh, well, come on. Say it with some enthusiasm, Greg. Braun Strowman won the greatest Royal Rumble. <laughs> <laughs> I want you to play that later during the Braun Strowman match that we review. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but, oh, man. But yeah. Uh, yeah, it was a spectacle. Uh, I'll say this. The arena looks beautiful. So there's that. I'm sure it was hot as all hell. But ah, during the WWE Hall of Fame 2018 broadcast, WWE dropped news on a bunch of new shows coming to the WWE Network, though they were short on specifics. The second May Young Classic was officially announced, and a graphic on a King of the Ring UK tournament was shown, though it wasn't made clear when either one would I don't film know if that ever the broadcast. Yeah, I don't think so. I was thinking about that too. I'm like, 
I kind of sort of remember them. No doubt that. it Gunther, Pete Dunn, or Ilya Dragunov, but I don't think it happened. Or at the time, uh, was I'm going to tell you his name now. The the first UK champion, Ty- Tyler Bate. That was it. Uh, could have been could have been him at the time too. Is now uh, apparently part of Chase U. Hella random. But yeah, he. Uh, yeah, I, I don't. I don't think they ever went through with that. The May Young Classic, though, I think they did have a second one, if I remember correctly. I feel like they did, yeah. They did have. They they did also announce because you and I were kind of shocked. We we didn't see it coming. They announced uh, something else to wrestle with uh, Bruce Pritchard. It was going to be like a video format of his podcast. Well, you did three thing, episodes of that. Yeah, the thing was, it, it was the cool thing about it was the video element which Conrad now does on his website. Um, but they did an episode on AJ Styles and TNA, which I was kind of shocked about that they they did that. But then they started opening up. They had, uh, didn't they have Dixie Carter on something on the on the WWE Network? She was on one of the biographies. I don't remember who. It might have been yeah. AJ. Yeah, that would make sense. But yeah, uh, so that was cool at the time. But then you and I talked about, because we listened to, all of his shows, and we were like, yeah, it's just kind of recycled shows that they added videos to. Yeah, it was, so, it was lazy. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, they, uh, they, like I said, they first announced that stuff during the Hall of Fame broadcast, then they showed it again during WrestleMania. So, we now know that Jeff Hardy will be back later this month. He's already been announced for what is currently advertised as a Raw Tag Team Championship match with brother Matt against The Bar at the Royal Rumble. Uh, yeah uh before that jeff hardy posted about uh wrapping up physical therapy on his surgically constructed shoulder the charismatic enigma made both things official with an interview from the red carpet for the 2018 wwe hall of fame ceremony on the night of april 6th telling byron saxton and maria menounos quote i'm cleared to wrestle so i'm just waiting for the appropriate idea to get started uh, yeah, I don't. I don't remember around this time what happened. I don't either. Yeah. Uh, was yeah. This was after he came back, correct? Like for the the final time. Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Now, granted, I didn't yeah. watch the pre-show of this, so maybe yeah, Matt Hardy teams up with Bray Wyatt eventually, right? Right. I th- I want to say Jeff was there. I think no, I don't remember honestly. I don't remember seeing him. I don't. I don't think he wrestled, uh, or I don't believe he did. But I think, uh, yeah, I I don't remember. And uh, yeah, I I didn't watch the pre-show back. So ah, oh, this one I I had forgotten about this. Uh, the Sun released a video just hours before WrestleMania 34 of Alicia Fox putting her finger in the face of Travis Brown, husband of Ronda Rousey, and saying that he's rude. The video ends with another woman trying to lead Fox away, saying she's making a scene, and then Fox smacking the filming camera phone away. Apparently, the incident started elsewhere. At around 12.30 a.m., Alicia Fox got into a confrontation with somebody who was accompanying Brown, but about two hours later, they ended up in the same place once again. Ronda Rousey wasn't with her husband during the situation either, and WWE is said to not be very happy with Alicia Fox about the matter. Uh, Fox hasn't been on television since she broke her tailbone in January while rehearsing the Women's Royal Rumble. 
a hell of a way to end up. You you hurt yourself in practice. Ever, I don't think we ever see her again. Honestly, if we do, I'm completely blanking. There's nothing of note. Yeah. I don't know anything about whatever with her behind the scenes. I just know that uh, didn't Travis Brown get in trouble for uh, uh, some some uh, physicality with a an old girlfriend or old wife yeah. or ex-wife or something? Yeah. Allegedly. So there you go. Uh, I, I not exactly shedding a tear for, you know, a woman going off on Travis Brown. But his old wife didn't do it. She would beat the piss out of him. Yeah, right. Yeah. Tra- Travis, uh, Travis would actually have some something that would you know, somebody that would, uh, you know, hit back that time around. So uh, he, he minded his P's and Q's. <sighs> anyway, a couple of months ago, word started making rounds that Dolph Ziggler had signed a new two year contract with WWE. This after he had been working a storyline where he left because he didn't feel like he was being treated right, even forfeiting the United States Championship before bailing. Now, according to the man himself, those reports were never true, and he still hasn't signed. What's more, he says he may choose not to. (laughs) Yeah, he did. Yeah, about that. I still stand by him surrendering the U.S. title was effing stupid. It's like, why? Like, why? Why give it to him? <laughs> I just, I don't get it. It didn't like nothing panned out with it. So, like, if it led to something bigger, whatever. Uh, but it just went nowhere. He gave up the belt. He left, and then, uh, yeah, cool. But yeah, no, he'd come back, still doing his Shawn Michaels ripoff routine, and uh, you know, wearing a. Wearing his uh, jean jacket and whatnot. But meanwhile, the big show is not retiring and reveals that he recently signed a multi-year deal with WWE. He told Cage Side Seats, quote, the rumors of me retiring are false. I actually re-signed oh. in January. <laughs> I actually re-signed in January, so I have a new contract, multi-year deal, so I'll be around for a while. This is not the end. For those who wanted me to retire, yeah, I bet the pops for that announcement, huh? <laughs> yeah, right. The babies went flying in the air. How many people read this and went, "Oh, thank God." Thank God. <laughs> yeah, uh, but he said, "For those who wanted me to retire, too bad. So sad. I'm still here. It's a different role for me. I'm still competing in the ring, doing a lot more outside projects, more projects for myself as well." And, er, but it's a good synergy that WWE and I put together, and I'm really looking forward to the future. Right. Well, you're the only one. Off the brakes <laughs> on that a little bit, dude. Yeah. Like, did, how old are you, and when was the last time you were, like, relevant? Come on, man. <laughs> wow. I've, and that's weird, because you you look at him, and you think, oh, he'd be a megastar for, like, ever, right? Wrong. Thank you. Just... It's hard to argue with people like uh, Eric Bischoff when he was like, yeah, I let him go. He went to WWE, whatever. But it's like, so what? <laughs> it's like, what did he do? It's like, yeah, he won the world title a couple uh, times. Damn whatever. Thing, really? Yeah, it's like he won the world title a couple times, whatever. He did a couple main events. He was in one WrestleMania main event with three other dudes. And he was the first one out. Yeah. And it's like uh, he turned face heel, face heel 5,000 times. That's it. Most of the time, he was the butt of a joke. Or he was showing his butt as a joke. (laughs) Right. 
Oh, and lest we forget, he was in that awesome movie, Knucklehead. I've never watched that in my life. Neither have I. It looked so bad. I'm like, I I just can't bring myself to sit down and waste my life watching this thing. It's like, yeah, I got to wash my hair. I I don't know. (sighs) Well, we're out of the WWE news. We've got the... We've got this story, man. I this is uh, this time in history. Less and than you're, 20... you're building me up to anticipate this. Yeah. Well, less than 24 hours after Alberto El Patron failed to appear for his scheduled tag team main event match with Pentagon Jr. against Austin Aries and Phoenix at Impact versus Lucha Underground, Impact Wrestling has released their former world champion. And the man who was scheduled to face Aries for that title at their Redemption pay-per-view event on April 22nd. PW Insider reports that after Al Patron failed to appear for the show last night, Impact President Ed Nordholm uh, attempted to check on him at the hotel where they were both staying. When he was unable to reach him, company officials became so concerned for Alberto's well-being that they considered contacting the police to check on him. After he missed another scheduled appearance at RussellCon in New Orleans on Saturday, April 7th, the decision was made to release the former WWE star. And uh, this just goes to show, don't bring somebody in because you're like, oh, he was big in another company, and then immediately shoot him to the top of your card and give him the belt. (laughs) Good God. By the way, I forgot he was in Impact ever. Like, this reminded me, but I had forgotten until I read the story. I'm like, oh, yeah. Wasn't this around the time with Drew, uh, Drew, well, Drew Galloway at the time was there? Yeah. Yeah. Which, I mean, if you're going to get some WWE cast offs, you could do a lot worse than Drew Galloway and Alberto Del Rio, but. Yeah, I was totally just learning a new hole to come back. (laughs) Yeah, right. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, The old, uh. JR saying, oh, go away, learn a new hold. How can I miss you if you won't go away? <laughs> I have a follow-up to that Alberto story here. So, after Impact released Alberto Alpatron on April 7th, they were left having to replace him in the main event of their April 22nd Redemption pay-per-view. It was originally set to be Austin Aries defending his world title against Alberto Alpatron, but the release left them scrambling to change that. It was announced by Aries at the House of Hardcore show that El Patron will be replaced with both Lucha Underground's Pentagon and Phoenix in a world title triple threat. This is a rematch of the bout that they ran at their Lucha Underground versus Impact show, where Alberto no-showed. Aries didn't mention El Patron by name, but he made sure to mention that his new opponents or his new opponents are professionals who show up that night. That's Rich coming from Aries talking about professionalism. <laughs> He's probably eating a banana while he said it. (laughs) Good lord. Gotta get that potassium in. Uh, Well, I I gotta ask, did he shame uh, Phoenix and Pentagon for wearing masks? (laughs) Is that a thing? (laughs) He he talked crap about people who wear wear masks. I mean, not those kind of masks, obviously. But yeah, he he went viral a few times for doing that crap, like out in public. It's like, oh god. (laughs) He's always Mr. Self-Righteous about literally everything. And I'm not, like, I'm just talking, like, don't be an a-hole. Especially when you're out in public. Quit harassing people, man. I was like, he would, like, there were videos of him, like, harassing people in supermarkets over stuff. And it's like, dude, get a life, man. But, uh, yeah. Alberto, uh, 
Alberto ran into some issues around this time. I remember it seemed like he was in the news like at least once or twice a week over something effed up. And that went on for a while. Uh, this story here is uh, it's kind of WWE related, but he's not in WWE at the time. WWE Hall of Famer Luscious Jimmy Valiant died on April 4th when he was hit by a truck while attempting to cross the road, according to WPXI in Pittsburgh. Uh, per the report, he was not in a crosswalk, and police believe it to be an accident. Valiant died at the hospital. He was later identified as Tom Sul- uh, Tommy Sullivan, the former pro wrestler. That's pretty sad. Yeah. It's like, I, I mean, not that I want him to die of, you know, some, like, cancer or something like that. But it's like, man, you just get hit by a damn truck, man. Lights are out. Freaking sucks. But, yeah. Uh, Johnny V, man. Was, uh, I heard, he was on a, wasn't he on, like, some, like, at least WrestleMania 1, right? Managing some people? I think he was managing the uh, Dream Team, yeah. WrestleMania 1 or 2. Yeah, it was 1, I think. Yeah. I know he did commentary for a few shows back in the day, and yeah. Johnny V was all over classic WWF. That's luscious Johnny V. Exactly, yeah. Uh, we can do a... Uh, Allie's luscious looking. Well, it's as opposed to uh, Jimmy Valiant, who is handsome. They asked, he was like, you know why he's luscious Jimmy Valiant and I'm handsome Jimmy Valiant? Because he's luscious and I'm handsome. Did you really say right, that? Well, <laughs> yeah, apparently, Jimmy Valiant said that in a in a promo. Sounds like time. a Midnight Express rip off those two. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, well, and then Jimmy turned uh, became the Boogie Woogie Man. So there's that. <sighs> Getting into some MMA news here. UFC President Dana White broke the news that current WWE Universal Champion Brock Lesnar is coming back to the UFC. White is careful not to specify a time frame. And thanks to positive tests for banned substances around his last UFC fight against Mark Hunt in 2016, we what's know his, that. What's his opponent's name? I I, I got to say it slowly. Mark Hunt. You kind of step on the joke when you do that crap. Okay. Yeah, no, no, I I'm, I hey, I don't want to have to bleep myself, okay? Or I somebody taking me all out the time. context. Don't judge. Wow. Uh, But we know that even after whatever exact date Lesnar's WWE expires in the days, weeks or months after Sunday, April 8th, he'll still have time to er, time and drug tests to pass before he's reinstated by the USADA uh, and the various state commissions which oversee professional mixed martial arts on April 5th. Uh, in a new interview, White was asked about another pro wrestling to MMA crossover CM Punk. Speaking with TMZ Sports, White confirmed that CM Punk's second fight in the UFC would, in fact, be against Mike The Truth Jackson. Both Punk and Jackson lost to current UFC welterweight Mickey Gall in their UFC debuts. And Jackson roasts him. Finish him, though, was surprising. Yeah. Man, CM Punk just... (laughs) Uh, He lasted longer in, in AEW than he did in UFC. He really did. Uh, Brock Lesnar, though, and when did he come back? Did he have another fight? I don't even remember. After Mark Hunt? Uh, yeah. I don't think so. I think it was his last fight. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I couldn't remember if he did or not. I know it was talked about forever, but it was always a will-they-won't-they they kind of deal. Uh, last story you know, I got. You know they wanted him in Ngannou really bad. Oh, I'm sure. 
Oh, it was funny. He was on his way to the ring at this event. Uh, Corey Graves calls him the most decorated mixed martial arts or, or no, <laughs> my, like most decorated combat sports uh, athlete of all time or something like that. It's like, what? Yeah, hell yeah. I know you're you're hyping him, but still. <sighs> anyway, uh, last story I got here with rumors about what The Rock and John Cena will be doing at this year's WrestleMania. They're both out doing press for upcoming movies. Johnson for Rampage and Cena for Blockers. I never saw Blockers. Rampage is one of the, the my Hell, least favorite blockers. rock movies. Uh, it was like they put a, a a rooster in front of the word Blockers, so you ah uh, you get it, get what they're saying. <laughs> yeah, like he him and his wife are trying to. Uh, his wife is Leslie Mann in the in the movie. They're trying to stop their teenage daughter from having sex or whatever. Got it. Yeah, so it's uh, uh, it's supposed to be a raunchy comedy, and uh, even in the trailer, he's like doing a, a beer bong in the butt or something like that. It looks effing weird. I was like, yeah, I think I'll skip this one. Uh, but while on Jimmy Kimmel's show, Johnson addressed the status of his beef with Cena and good-naturedly explained that the two are now best friends. However, according to The Rock's new interview with Rolling Stone, he's currently nowhere near best friends with former Fast and Furious franchise co-star Vin Diesel. He said, quote, Vin and I had a few discussions, including an important face-to-face in my trailer. What I came to realize is that we have a fundamental difference in philosophies on how we approach filmmaking and collaborating. It took me some time, but I'm grateful for the clarity, whether we work together again or not. But I wish him all the best, and I harbor no ill will there just because of the clarity we have. Actually, you can erase that last part about no ill will. We'll just keep <laughs> it with the clarity, end quote. Yeah. I feel like he's just got problems with everybody. With everybody. Yeah. It's becoming that way. Like, you know, if everybody blamed Vin Diesel around this time, and now it's turning around where it's like, maybe The Rock was an a-hole. <laughs> Because supposedly he was a a big uh, a big Richard to uh, Brendan Fraser in the second Mummy movie too. So keep in mind, Brendan Fraser was like one of the top action movie guys at the time. But he said The Rock came in uh, and he's like, "Well, I'm going to be the next big guy," which I mean, to his credit, he was. But anyway, that does it for the news and notes. You ready to get into the event at hand? I think so. All right. Well, let's take our next break. When we come back, it's WrestleMania time. Right after this. Follow the main event marks at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod on Twitter at main event underscore marks and on Instagram at main event underscore marks and at main event collector. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. My name is Thomas, and what's your name? Uh, I'm Alan. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We're brothers. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, The mother, same mother and father. Your room was... Oh, we shared a room. Shared a room. We right. shared a room. Thought I knew your face. Yeah, we go movie. way back, mate. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We should do a podcast then. Uh, we have. We do, we do a podcast. We do a podcast. What's it called? The... Broadcast. Yeah, that was planned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, what do we do? Well, we cover all different things in the world of pop culture. We're talking about comic books, we're talking professional wrestling, and we're talking about movies. Go back and watch classic retro wrestling events, the likes of WWE, WCW, and if you do like that, you can check us out on Apple iTunes, also on Podbean, Anchor, and on Podknife. Also check us out on Twitter, at The Broadcast. That's B-R-O-K-A-S-T. Hey, it's all right. Good on you. Instagram, also at The Broadcast Podcast. Remember, we don't spell it with a C. 
you spell it with a K. So you might take it easy. event marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Find all of our links on our link tree at linktr.ee forward slash main event marks. And we're back. We're back. It is WrestleMania 34 took place April 8th, 2018. The theme song was Celebrate by Kid Rock. And they got their usage out of that one, man. Uh, the venue is a Merce- was a Mercedes-Benz Superdome in New Orleans, Louisiana. The attendance was 78,133, to which Uncle Dave says, Well, actually... Oh, good job. <laughs> I don't know what the hell Uncle Dave said it was, nor do I care. I just know he was... Well, you know, they, they, I, you know doing my quick hand count and, uh, and some math in my head, and I, was, I talked to a janitor who watched people walk in through the one door, and what he told me... <laughs> That's how I'm assuming his his uh, calculations go because uh, half the time goes off the sense. janitor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> well, I was watching people walk in. I had a clicker in my hand, and I did not count seventy eight thousand. And even if they said, even if there were seventy eight thousand, only one thousand people in that building actually paid for their ticket. Uh, what was funny about this event? Uh, I was sitting directly next to a guy that worked for uh, NoDQ.com, which I thought was funny because uh, I actually liked that website. And then we also were sitting, I think it was right in front of us was a Falcons fan. And yep. that, oh, I had fun with him. You know that. <laughs> yeah. For people that aren't uh, football fans, the, uh, the Falcons and the saints are big rivals. So, <laughs> and what's funny is Mercedes Benz, uh, has the naming rights for both of their arenas. Not anymore. It's now Caesar arena. Superdome. Oh, the Superdome is a Caesar arena. Oh, okay. Yeah, Caesar dome or something. Yeah. Wow. Well, how about that? But anyway, uh, like I said, I didn't watch the pre-show, but just running it down real quick. The first match on the pre-show uh, was the fifth annual Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. In the closing moments, uh, Woken Matt Hardy, uh, Mojo Raleigh, and Baron Corbin were the final three competitors. Bray Wyatt, who had previously feuded with Hardy, appeared, and surprisingly, Wyatt assisted Hardy in eliminating Raleigh and dis- uh, distracted Corbin. As a result, Hardy then eliminated Corbin to win the match and the trophy. Next, Cedric Alexander faced Mustafa Ali in the tournament final for or the uh, Cruiserweight tournament final for the vacant WWE Cruiserweight Championship. Ali hit the 054 on Alexander, who broke up a pinfall attempt by uh, placing his foot on the bottom rope. And in the end, Alexander hit the lumbar check on Ali for the title win. Uh, and last but not least, for the WrestleMania Women's Battle Royal, uh, it was Sasha Banks and Bailey teaming up to eliminate Natalia and the Riot Squad, and then Banks and Bailey shook hands, only for Bailey to eliminate Banks. Uh, Bailey thought she won, but she forgot that Naomi was still in the match. Naomi hit the rear view on Bailey and eliminated her to win the match. And I cried. <laughs> yeah, so you were like, oh, but you thought she, you thought she won. I think I did too. I was like, oh, awesome. And then Naomi got in. We were like, oh. But JoJo starts to uh, starts the official show by introducing two women named Chloe and Hallie. I just noticed that Hallie is Hallie <laughs> Bailey, who is playing Ariel in the new live action Little Mermaid movie. I forgot all about one thing. When, do you remember? Like, I don't. Maybe you remember, but I didn't catch when we were there when she was mm-hmm. introducing them. Everyone's doing the new day. Who? 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 I forgot about that. Yeah, like that's messed up, but. Like, seriously, who? 
Who? Yeah, I know. It's like, who are these women? But yeah, I uh, I didn't think about it when she said uh, Chloe and Hallie. And I'm like, oh, OK, whatever. And then they zoom in. I'm like, Hallie, like, oh, that's the, the, the new Little Mermaid. OK, how about that? But the commentary team representing Raw this evening is Michael Cole, Corey Graves, and Jonathan Effin Coachman. Dude, I forgot how bad Coach sucked. He was <laughs> awful, man. Like this, whole, this whole night, and it like there were a few times like him, like him or Michael Cole would cut each other off, and like they'd be in the middle of a statement and like stop, and I'm like, are they getting yelled at in their headset? Like, shut up, damn it! Vince had to have been having a conniption fit in the background. Like backstage, he's like, damn it, coach, you suck. I would have told you that. (laughs) Uh, This was the first night that they introduced those 3D floating images during entrances, and it flipped us the hell out when we were there live. You remember that? Yeah, I was just telling my mutual friend we were watching it together, and I was like, because he sent me a picture. He goes, can you see these anywhere? I'm like, no. (laughs) And I thought they were like stuff like dangling from the roof. Yeah, you and I were looking all over because uh, I can't remember whose entrance I first noticed it with. We're, I think it was Asuka. I think and it was Asuka. Like, yeah, we're looking all over, and I'm like, what? we're like, what the? F-? And it's like, oh, it's like floating 3D images on the screen. Okay, that's new. Just a floating head. Yeah, all right. But the first match is The Miz defending the WWE Intercontinental title against Seth Rollins and Finn Balor. In a triple threat match that went about 15 and a half minutes. Seth something I right. learned, by the way, watching um, Miz and Mrs. Did you ever know that this match opened the show? Because Miz had to run from the arena to, back to the stadium back to the airport. Because Maurice was due to give birth any minute. Really? Yeah. That's why wow. it opened it. Well, hey, I mean, it was a hot opener. Uh, so I, I was like, hell of a way to kick off the show, man. But uh, Seth is dressed as the Night King from Game of Thrones. The Miz is accompanied by the Miztourage, which is Curtis Axel and Bo Dallas, onto the stage. But he sends them backstage. By the way, I forgot the Miztourage existed. <laughs> I did, too. It was the very moment. <laughs> right. Uh, Finn has his LGBTQ entrance with the rainbow logo and such. Uh, and I didn't Cena. even know what the hell this was until I watched it back. Because remember we saw it, I'm like, who are all these people? Uh, I still don't. Were they just? Did did they say they were part of like uh, a local group yeah, or something? Cole did. Oh, I don't know about a specific group, but yeah, I knew they were he because I could tell by the rainbow logo or whatever. And I was like, oh, I, he's got members of the so, LGBTQ did, community. So, do they go to like a a club and get all these people, or do they just put out a casting call? I guess it's like if you are legend, lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, whatever, uh, uh please audition. <laughs> You can stand on the stage and clap while one of our wrestlers you comes audition out. audition clap. <laughs> yeah. <right. laughs> Why are uh, they just chasing Garrett from the Cowboys, man? He does some good well, clapping. Yeah, right. Well, my question is, did they lose the number for the lesbians? <laughs> they could just called them up. Now in the archives. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, but anyway, uh, John Cena's shown sitting at ringside wearing street clothes and drinking a beer. There are a Ton of near falls and close calls in this one. In I the end, that was so bad because all the fans around there was looking at him. Yeah, I know that kind of sucked. But uh, the match ended up getting good, and they got into the match. So, uh, but in the end, Finn hits the coup de gras on Miz. Seth hits uh, Finn with a stomp, warms up in the corner, hits the Miz with a stomp, and then pins the Miz to win the Intercontinental Title 
Uncle Dave and I both gave this three and a half stars. What say you? I gave it three. I loved it. Yeah, this was a damn good match, especially opening the card. Set, t- set the tone for the night, man. The crowd exploded for Seth's win, and then he swings the title around his above his head, like, you know, his signature thing. TJ Marks. Did that. Hell yeah, I did. He's done that ever since his Ring of Honor days. I love it. But we now intru- we are now introduced to the SmackDown commentary team for the night, which is Tom Phillips, Byron Saxton, and I forgot he was pulling double duty at the time, Corey Graves. And now we get Charlotte defending her SmackDown women's title against Asuka in about 13 minutes. For Charlotte's entrance, uh, Ric Flair's theme plays as she recreates Triple H's WrestleMania 30 entrance. That she was uh, a part of? Right. Charlotte tries to strut at one point in the match. It's kind of funny. Uh, Charlotte's left arm gets cut open and bleeds. Uh, did you catch where that happened? I did not. Yeah, because I just saw it was bleeding at one point, and she was, like, holding it. So I'm like, okay, so something happened. Uh, when Asuka keeps kicking out of Charlotte's moves, Charlotte gets frustrated and starts to cry. After this, she grabs Asuka's legs, walks in the figure eight before Asuka, can't, uh, before Asuka can stop it. And after almost a full minute, Asuka finally taps out for her first loss in WWE. Uncle Dave and I both gave this four stars. What say you? I, too, gave it four stars. I think this ended up being my favorite match of the night. Yeah. Um, yeah, it might be mine, too. I definitely loved it. Uh, I'll say, I, I don't know. I, I'm back and forth, and it's like, I, I, to this day, I don't, like, I still don't like Asuka losing here. But then the question becomes, who's going to beat her? So, I don't know. Well, we know why, in hindsight now, why she lost. Because what's going to happen on SmackDown? Uh, what the hell did happen on SmackDown? I'm blanking now. Carmella cashes their money in the bank on her. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, so... Yeah, that, so that I was, know, that by was... the way, one of the guys in our entrance was Riddick Moss. I think another one was Tino Sabatoli. I don't know who the other one was. Mm. Yeah. I... Let's see, I'm looking Dude, up now. I, I freaking... Uh... You know Riddick Moss and who else? Dan Matha. I forget. That was familiar. But yeah, it was funny. It was I like because I, I remember talking to you about this during when uh, Asuka and Carmella were, were feuding. I'm like, so Asuka was undefeated for like, um, like I think two years or something like that, uh, somewhere abouts. She beats all the best people on the roster. Yet somehow Carmella can beat her <laughs> every time. Hell yeah! <laughs> I, thought, I was like, okay. <sighs> Now, all of a sudden, uh, it's, uh, you know, making the loss to Charlotte look a whole hell of a lot better. But after the match, Oscar grabs a microphone and shouts that Charlotte was ready for Oscar and then congratulates her before Charlotte gives her a big hug. Now, a referee approaches John Cena. Sister's got a hug. (laughs) Wow. A referee approaches John Cena and says something to him. John looks shocked, hops a barrier, and sprints up the ramp into the backstage. Well, he doesn't really do it right away. He looks like the referee's lying to him, and then he hops over. Yeah, he's like, what? Huh? What? <laughs> yeah, and then he takes off. But up next, we have got a fatal four-way for the U.S. title. It's Randy Orton defending against Bobby Roode. Rusev with Aiden English in his corner, another thing I forgot about. And Jinder Mahal with Sunil Singh, because I think the other Singh brother was hurt at the time. This goes 8 minutes, 13 seconds. Aiden English comes out to give some slam poetry, whatever, to introduce Rusev. 
Uh, I forgot about the Rusev Day stuff because, dude, when was the last time we've seen Miro? Uh, I think it's been since June. Yeah, like, dude, and he said he's not hurt. So, yeah. So, well, he's a third stringer, Greg, and this is a championship game. He rides the bench. You know how it goes. (laughs) I'm sorry. I will never let that die. That was so effing stupid. But Sunil Singh then comes out onto the stage to introduce Jinder Mahal. This crowd was incredibly hot for Rusev, by the way. Uh, English eats an RKO midway through the match, per our uh, agreement. In the end, Singh gets on the apron. Jinder ducks a Rusev kick, and Sunil eats it. Jinder then hits the Coloss on Rusev for the pinfall win. I enjoyed this, but it was certainly a bit of a comedown after the previous two matches, which were awesome. Uncle Dave gave it two and three quarters of a star. Uh, I gave it an even three. What say you? I gave it three as well. I honestly forgot who was all in this match. Yeah, I remembered. Like, I mean, when they're coming out, I'm like, who the hell is U.S. champion? And I completely forget. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, I remembered Rude and Mahal. And then, like, it all started coming back to me when I was like, oh, yeah. And that was, it, it's still like all these years later, I was like, Randy Orton was a U.S. champion? Like, okay. Right. <laughs> it just seems weird. But up next, uh, I spoke too soon. This upcoming match was actually my favorite match of the night. It is Triple H and Stephanie McMahon versus Kurt Angle and Ronda Rousey in a mixed tag team match. Went 20 minutes, 26 seconds. Triple H and Stephanie ride giant Mad Max-looking motor trikes to the ring, flanked by biker chicks. Uh, Stephanie even joins in with Triple H's water spit. I thought it was pretty cool. This was Kurt's first wrestle. (laughs) Wow. Uh, this was Kurt's first WrestleMania in 12 years and Ronda's first wrestling match ever. Uh, Stephanie jumpstarts a match by pie facing Ronda and then pulling her down by her hair from behind. Per the rules, men can only wrestle the men and women can only wrestle the women, but that doesn't stick. Stephanie even runs around and trips Ronda off the apron at one point. When Kurt finally makes a hot tag, the crowd blows for Ronda. Later on, Ronda squares up on Triple H. He moves the ref aside and goes. Uh, he goes for it. He gets caught with some quick punches in the corner before uh, Ronda, Ronda goes for Piper's pit, and Stephanie stops it. Later on, Triple H attempts to pedigree Ronda, but she reverses it into an armbar. The crowd was just, like, going nuts for all this stuff, man. I remember we were, like, blowing our voices out for this. Uh, Stephanie breaks it with a sleeper hold on Ronda. Ronda gets Stephanie in an armbar as Kurt locks the ankle lock in on Triple H, but Triple H rolls through and Angle collides with Ronda. The match finally ends when Kurt reverses a pedigree to throw Triple H out of the ring, and Ronda reverses Stephanie's pedigree into an armbar and made Stephanie scream and tap out. Uncle Dave gave this four and a quarter stars. I, <laughs> uh, I gave it four stars. What say you? I gave it three. I freaking... Loved this match, and I loved it even more because it was Ronda's first match in the company. She did, and she did great. Kurt still had something left in the tank at this point. It was uh, everybody was at the top of their game. It was good stuff, man. Good stuff, uh, and it was uh, it was a little nuts with things blowing up all over the place. But man, like I said, the crowd was hot for everything. It worked. Uh, I'm willing. I'm, I'm willing to bet my life that Triple H set this whole match up from bell to bell. So it's a uh, good crap, pal. Like you said, 
Dana White is shown uh, at ringside cheering with a rowdy Ronda Rousey t-shirt on. I, I didn't catch that when we were there live, so that was kind of funny. But up next, I'm surprised. I might have missed is- it because this one I was making fun of that guy in front of us. Do you remember when he's like, uh, it was uh, the Falcons fan. Do you remember when he was like, okay, yeah, she's good. She gets the pass. She's okay with me. I'm like, oh, thank God. She's okay with you. Yeah. <laughs> he was getting pissed at me too. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm not sure she's thinking her lucky star is that you're okay with it. Yeah, like she literally, like she came up through the crowd and she's like, how did I do? You like? Okay. All right. <laughs> Thumbs up. Good stuff. All right. But up next, I, I'm shocked this wasn't your match of the night, man. It had your favorite tag team at the time. Uh, and I'm not talking about the Usos. But it is a triple threat match for the WWE SmackDown tag titles. It's the Usos of Jimmy and Jay def- uh, versus the New Day. Kofi Kingston and Big E. This made me miss Big E. Uh, and they have Xavier Woods in their corner. They're taking on the Bludgeon Brothers of Harper and Rowan. This went just shy of six. Even though the new days of the actual brothers. <laughs> wow. Uh, well, I are. like. I like. By the way, like I, I, I remember how much you just loved the Bludgeon Brothers back in the day. Like, God, was, yeah. You couldn't wait for them to come out on <laughs> SmackDown. Them and their mallets. Their go away heat. <laughs> <laughs> And it wasn't necessarily Harper and Rowan. It was this effing team. Like, just the gimmick, the team. Considering Bray Wyatt was still a thing, it just made no sense to have this as a team. Right. As as this. Right. And I also forgot, by the way, watching this back, they were the, I could be wrong, but they were like either the first or one of the first teams to get one named, which is Harper and Rowan. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Now I remember that. God. It was effing dumb. And then, like, Rowan still wore his stupid sheet mask to the ring. Like, why? I, I don't know. He's a white sheep like, the family. Even though I never heard that in my life. <laughs> it was like, uh, they're, they're, and, and they didn't have hammers, Greg. They had mallets. Mallets. God like dang it, pal. Only, only one man gets to have a hammer. The rest <laughs> of you got mallets. <laughs> Whatever. Oh effing dumb. Uh, but the New Day are flanked by little people in pancake costumes for their entrance. That was um, something. Well, how did how did Peter Dinklage feel about this? <laughs> well, we shouldn't be, uh, you know, uh, like just relegating little people to short stacks, okay? But you know what? Hornswoggle they, they... enters the conversation and says, well, if you say that, you're taking jobs away from little people, you idiot. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, this is... Well, this is a comedy haha role. We shouldn't be uh, having them do that, you know, because his uh, his role in Elf wasn't comedic or anything based yeah, on he his was, size. And he wasn't called uh, Idri the Dwarf in uh, Infinity War, by the way, you know. But he was a giant dwarf, Greg. God, the name dwarf is in there. Is my point. He literally yeah, took right. a role. With the title of his of his of his role was dwarf. And he's got a holier <laughs> than thou attitude towards things. We should be making yeah. Snow White the seventh dwarf. Yeah. Right. Oh, why, why can't they be big dwarfs? <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, but uh, Kofi jumpstarts this with hitting Trouble in Paradise right away on Jay. But the bludgeons pull him out of the ring. They square up on Xavier Woods. He attacks first, and they beat him down with a powerbomb under the ring post. Harper eats an Uso splash at one point for a near fall. The bludgeons either dominate or get double, double and triple team throughout this entire match. 
In the end, Rowan lifts Kofi Kingston up with a full Nelson onto the shoulders of Harper, who powerbombs him off the second rope for the win. Uncle Dave gave this the deuce. I gave it two and a half. It was average. What's this? I gave Uncle Dave a deuce. <laughs> God. Uh, I gave it two. I was bored by this. This is probably the worst match of the night right here. Uh, well, <laughs> we're coming up on something. But yeah, this was. <laughs> I, I know what you're saying, I but know. I don't know. This is I, it's not feeling this. Yeah, this was fine. I don't know. It just like it. I don't feel like this was WrestleMania quality. I'll say that. Oh, this should have been on SmackDown or something. By the way, what were they? Were the New Day dressed up as anything, or was it just like a Mardi Gras theme? Um, I, I think, I think Corey Graves or Coach said it, and I just didn't listen. It might. Uh, it kind of just looked like Mardi Gras colors, but I could be wrong. I, I don't know. But either way, up next. John Cena comes to the ring in a neon green t-shirt that I actually own and preps for his match. A referee now runs out and tells John that uh, he tells him something that disappoints him. But Cena then goes and le- well, maybe he told him that he can see him and it made <laughs> him sad. Uh, Cena then goes to leave and the lights drop. Everyone's all excited until we hear a guitar strum and Elias comes onto the stage Elias walks to the ring and says the someone else that the crowd was expecting can't compare to him. Well, I mean, he is true or or he is telling the truth here. Uh, Not in the way he means it, but Elias eventually gets in the ring and tells Cena that he needs to go back and sit down while he performs. Cena does go back and sit down while Elias plays his guitar and sings. Finally, John's heard enough and he attacks Elias, hitting the protoplex, five knuckle shuffle and the attitude adjustment. Finally, my time is now hits, and Cena looks disappointed as he poses for the fans and heads up the ramp. The music stops midway and he's, as he's leaving, and he freezes. Finally, the lights drop again, and a spotlight hits in the ring where, oh, we, see the under- <laughs> where we see the Undertaker's trench coat, gloves, and hat. Lightning strikes it. The lights drop again. When they come back on, the clothes are gone. Cena looks shocked before the lights drop. like my completely. favorite movie. Yeah. <laughs> The lights drop, and we hear the... God, it took me a second there. (laughs) Wow, I got no reaction. Okay. Yeah. I was ready ready to just concede on that one. (laughs) Yeah, it took me a second. I was like, (laughs) holy God. Uh, But anyway, uh, the lights drop completely, and we hear that familiar gong. Blooms of flame come up onto the stage, and the Undertaker comes out to his funeral dirge theme, and John Cena runs back to the ring. Now we get John Cena versus The Undertaker. Two minutes, 46 seconds long. This didn't last long, but in the end, The Undertaker sits up before Cena can hit the five-knuckle shuffle, and it throws Cena off. Five-knuckle shuffle throwing him off. Uh, Anyway, he then hits a chokeslam and a tombstone for the win. This segment was so freaking well done. I loved every second of it. That's why I gave it two stars. Uncle Dave gave it one and a quarter. What say you? I gave it two because it could have been a match, not a squash. But uh, okay, whatever. Yeah, I was honestly hoping for like uh, like an actual match, but the the build up and the segment before it that's that's probably why I rated it a little higher, just because everything before the bell rang was awesome. But after yeah, like, the match, the lights go blue again as the Undertaker poses in the ring and fire blows on the stage. They now bring out the new Hall of Fame inductees. We're introduced to Jeff Jarrett. Mark Henry, 
Hillbilly Jim, who rumor has it is still giving his induction speech. Uh, <laughs> Ivory wa- uh, Warrior Award winner J.J. Robertson, the Dudley Boys, and headliner Goldberg. And that and crowd you can see us in nuts. the crowd, by the way, on the recap. I don't know if you caught that. On the recap? Oh, no, I didn't, I didn't catch that When they're that showing part. the recap from the Hall of Fame ceremony, you can see us. Yeah, yeah I'm wear- I think I'm wearing my Ultimate Warrior t-shirt with a blazer. Uh, but yeah, I, didn't you wear your Goldberg shirt? I got, a, I bought one there. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I bought the, the whole thing. One him. Freaking people blue for Goldberg. See, people can talk crap about him all they want, but man, when he comes out, it's a people pleaser. So I love me some Goldberg, which by the way, do you hear he's a, a free agent now? I do not. Yeah. And, and people are like, Oh, do you want to see him in AEW? I'm like, no. God, no. You think the elite want to see him there? Dude. <laughs> if he would run through everybody. No exceptions. Up next, it is Shane McMahon and Daniel Bryan versus Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. Ironically enough, teaming up at this WrestleMania. Uh, it goes about 15 and a half minutes-ish. Shane comes out and hugs his sons at ringside who are wearing jerseys that match his. Daniel Bryan's entrance shows a helicopter searching for him in the sky. Uh, A bunch of clips of people shouting yes uh, at different large events, sporting events and whatnot. And then the helicopter locks its target onto the Superdome before Bryan comes out. Owens and Zane jump the barricade. I guess all over myself. (laughs) Hell yeah. Uh, (laughs) I actually wore my Daniel Bryan t-shirt to this event, so... But Owens and Zane jump the barricade to attack their opponents from behind to jumpstart this match before they powerbomb Daniel Bryan on the apron. Uh, this puts him down for quite a while as EMTs check on him. Shane gets double teamed for quite a while. When Sami Zayn misses the haluba kick, though, Shane ties him in the tree of woe and then hits coast to coast. Bryan finally gets involved when he breaks up a pin. When Daniel Bryan gets that hot tag, that crowd explodes. Keep in mind, by the way, I didn't mention this uh, for people that don't remember. This was his first match back after being medically cleared to compete again. So people were... Yeah, we never thought he'd wrestle again, ever. Yeah, right. Now he's, uh, you know, competing for another company's world title and such. No, now he's sitting at home. You say he's taking time off. Well, yeah, yeah. Hey, uh, you go hard and heavy for long enough, man. It's like, dude, just go home. Chill out, man. Be with your uh, hot wife and kids. In the end, Daniel Bryan hits the running knee on Sami Zayn before locking in the yes lock for the submission win. And yeah, at the time, it was still the yes lock. Uncle Dave gave this three and a quarter stars. I gave it two and a half, maybe three. Let's say you. I gave it three. I remember watching this and we're just waiting all night for Shane to turn on Daniel Bryan. I don't know why I thought that was going to (laughs) happen. Yeah, right. Uh, He does end up going heel before the next Mania, doesn't he? I feel like... uh... Uh, yeah, because the next show's made his heel. I feel like um, there was three moments that I was waiting for the whole night. Shane to turn on him, Carmella to come out during that women's match, and the <laughs> American Badass Undertaker to return. That's what I thought was going to uh, happen. Yeah. yeah, right. Yeah, you and I were talking about that. Uh, we thought that American Badass Undertaker, which, by the way, he should have changed his name for. Uh, I'm going to punch uh, in the face. Uh, he, it's an inside <laughs> joke, people. I don't actually think that. Sure you but, don't. Uh, yeah, we thought we thought that was definitely going to happen, and nope, it was cool though. I'm uh, anytime I get to see the Undertaker is awesome. 
Uh, got to see him actually wrestle a, a decent length match for the first time in the uh, SummerSlam 2015. Now in the archives, by the way. But after the match, Daniel Bryan hugs and kisses his wife, Brie Bella, at ringside before celebrating in the ring with Shane McMahon. And oh, up next... Kiss Shane, huh? Yeah. <laughs> uh, up next is our second women's title match of the night. It is Alexa Bliss with Mickey James taking on Nia Jax. And people still liked Nia Jax. Uh, this is for the... Yeah, going off the reaction, I forgot how much people loved her. I know. I just thought... Like, in my mind, people always... That you know didn't give a crap about her, <laughs> but nope. Uh, but this is for the Raw Women's Title. It goes about nine minutes. Alexa's entrance is her wearing a crown and being lowered from a giant platform on the stage. When the bell rings, Nia Jax attacks Mickey James and beats her all around ringside. Alexa, oh yeah, <laughs> wow. Uh, Alexa tries to help her out once, but is chased off. Nia finally lays Mickey out and gets in the ring. Alexa tries to leave at one point, but gets stopped. Every time Nia goes for a big move, Alexa rakes her eyes or pokes her eyes. Finally, Nia overpowers Alexa, climbs to the second rope with her on her shoulders, and hits a super Samoan drop for the win. Uncle Dave gave this two and a three-quarter stars. I gave it two and a half. Let's say you. I gave it two. It was fine. Uh, I didn't love it. Didn't hate it. It was just kind of there. But Nia Jax instantly starts crying after her win. She goes to hug The Rock's mom and daughter in the front row before heading backstage. And that's the first of, I assume, multiple times we're going to see The Rock's daughter at WrestleMania. Uh, making her debut uh, next Saturday at uh, Sting Delivery. There you go. But all the while, Alexa Bliss... In an eight-person tag match, by the way, so I'm make sure to add that Tag one. match, playa! Hello, hello, hello. While all this is happening, Alexa Bliss sits and cries in the ring. I can't do to just sit here and cry. No, I tried to go comfort her. Yeah, right. They wouldn't let you hop the barricade. Plus, it was a little hard getting past the, the dude who was going back and forth all night to get beer in his Ric Flair robe. Do you remember that one when he came back and he had like seven in his hand? Or yeah, like seven on. He had two in his hands, two under his armpits, and I think he had one in, like hanging from his mouth. Okay, so he had five. Well, he well he had cargo shorts on, so he had some yeah. tucked into his pockets. <laughs> oh, he was full, <laughs> but he was doing it all night. I'm like, dude, how like how much are you spending on? Yeah, beer? do you remember? Do you remember like towards the end he fell on the stairs? Do you remember that? He fell right on his ass and started sliding down a couple of stairs. I don't remember that one because they were really the uh, steep steps. Yeah. So, like, to the point where you can fall on them and just slide a little bit, and he did, yeah. God. I remember there was one dude that was so just beyond hammered drunk, he couldn't even make it up the stairs. Like, cops were trying to, like, lead him out. He couldn't even yeah. make it up the stairs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But anyway, uh, this next match is definitely one of my one of my favorites of the night, but not my match of the night. It is AJ Styles defending the WWE title against Shinsuke Nakamura. This goes 20 minutes, 10 seconds. I have a Mattel figure of this, Shinsuke. He's actually played to the ring by a live performance. I have this ultimate, I believe. Ah, nice. I I think that, yeah, I think that's the one I have. I want to say, maybe. I got it in Canada. In Canada? Uh, Eh? America's hat? 
Mexico North. <laughs> anyway, he's played to the ring by a live performance from Nita Strauss, who is uh, looking for- all the way live. <laughs> you ain't kidding. I don't. I don't want to say current former. I don't know. She she was at one point at least the guitarist for Alice Cooper. I don't know if she still is. I think she still is, but I don't think he does much. So she probably doesn't. She probably does her on her own. Goes back to him occasionally. Right. Yeah. Kind of like Zach Wild with um, uh, Ozzy Osbourne. Yeah. But there were a ton of near falls by both men hitting their finishing moves on each other multiple times. In the end, Nakamura goes for Kinshasa. AJ ducks it, rolls him up. Picks him up and hits the Styles Clash with a pinfall win. That was actually one of the first times in a while we'd seen the uh, win off the Styles Clash. Uncle Dave gave this three and three quarter stars. I gave it three and a half. What say you? I gave it three. I, I liked it, but if you were like going into this, if you would have said AJ Shinsuke twenty minutes, I'd have been like, dude, that's going to be a five star banger. And I'm not saying it's. It was bad by any means, but it just, I don't know. I like it could have been better, maybe. But they also faced each other, what, like five freaking times this year after this? Yeah, didn't we say that they had just wrestled at Wrestle Kingdom? Like, not this year, but like previously? Uh, yeah, you and I actually, now in the archives, we reviewed the one, Wrestle Kingdom 10, I think? They, uh, it was a couple of years before this, they faced off at Wrestle Kingdom. That was a, I feel like that match was slightly better than this one. Uh, and then in WWE, after this match, they had at least two more matches, maybe three. But after the match, uh, here's where the real story kicks in. AJ helps Shinsuke up to his feet, and they hug. Because brothers gotta hug. <laughs> then Nakamura gets the WWE title, gets on his knees, and hands it to AJ before nailing a low blow. I don't know about you. I didn't see that coming. I didn't at all. We were all shocked. Yeah, I feel like the whole, like, everybody in the crowd was like, what? But either way, he hits that low blow, and then Shinsuke starts kicking and stomping away at Styles, kicking him out of the ring. He starts to leave at one point before turning around and hitting the Kinshasa on Styles, and he finally leaves. Yeah, I think that was shock of the, well, one of the both shocks. Royal Rumble but. winners losing, losing, by the way. Yeah, right. They're like, oh, both Royal Rumble winners are Japanese. That's that's historic. By the way, they both lose. Didn't Flair always beat Great Muda, too? <laughs> yeah, I believe so. And this is his daughter and his apprentice in TNA. So yeah. I see a running pattern there. I may be reaching there, I know, but... I just... <sighs> yeah, right. I mean, if I could have one back, though, it would be Oscar probably. Yeah, I, I mean, I think it would have been cool for... Like, not necessarily here... Because uh, I know they were going to build up a feud, turn Shinsuke heel, whatever. I, I would have given him the belt eventually. I'd beat Styles at least you once. You think but... like they would have capitalized on having the first ever Japanese champion WrestleMania? Yeah, right. And we're not counting Yokozuna, right? You think they would have capitalized <laughs> right. on that? Yeah, I know. But yeah. I mean, they would the next year with Kofi Kingston. Just pointing that out. Oh yeah, they made a big racial thing out of that. Like they weren't hiding the ball at all on that one. Ironically, uh, I still think that they shouldn't have done that because it just kind of. Uh, Takes away from a little bit. Yeah, he's yeah, the first I, black champion. Hey, you know, he was just champion, you know. He deserved it. Just because right. of the color. I mean, I always get it. Me. To this day, it still bothers me. I mean, I get it, to an, like, because it did kind of help the story a little bit. But at the same time, it also made, it also made Vince McMahon look like a huge racist. <laughs> it's like... It took ah. you 40 years, it took, well, 35 years at least to have this moment. 
Right. You and I joked like, well, you you made the joke on that one where uh, that one podcast where in the news they said uh, in 2002, uh, R-Truth or Ron Killings, whatever, became the first black NWA champion. You were like, not a moment too soon. (laughs) But it went until, what, 2019 before freaking Kofi Kingston became the first black WWE champion. You can count the rock, I guess. He's half black. Damn it, pal. He's half. Yeah. He's only half. I like the other half. I like them Samoans. I mean, he does. Yeah, Yeah, he definitely likes a Samoan now. God dang it, pal. He's vascular. Didn't like that Samoan on this night. Yeah. That's spoiling it. Oh, no. From five years ago? Spoilers? No. (laughs) We'll get into it here in a bit. Uh, We're now showing a recap of the pre-show matches. A Mardi Gras parade comes onto the stage now with a big float carrying the bar. The lights then drop and they do their regular entrance, which I forgot was, was pretty damn cool. Ron Strowman then comes out, chases the parade people away, and then dumps the float right off the side of the stage. Braun grabs a microphone and says that his partner isn't someone in the back, it's someone in the crowd. He then, a- yeah. he then asks... Who wants to be his tag team partner? And everyone cheers. And yes, guys, TJ stood up. It's like, me, me, me. Did I? I don't remember doing that. I think you did it sarcastically as hell, but you did. <laughs> You're like, oh, I want to do it. <laughs> like, yeah. It's like, I don't I'll, good money to see you get your, your head broke kicked. <laughs> I'll, I'll take a Swiss death. <laughs> Go on. Oh, Dude, I, man. He would tag me in and just like leave me in there. You're like, you got it, buddy. Hey, you're still about uh, three inches taller than his actual partner, so you got that going for you. How about you eat ass? All of it. Uh, but we get a Pat Buck, we get a Pat Buck sighting when Braun is wandering through the crowd. By the way, yeah, hey, Pat, and we also saw Noah Jose. Oh, I didn't. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't catch that one, <laughs> dude. He had like you're asking for it at this point. He had like drunk a holes like following him around. I'll do <laughs> yeah. it. Hey, what about me? <laughs> A drunk a-hole in New Orleans looking for a fight. Tell me another one. <laughs> yeah, all right. But he finally picks out a young boy and brings him into the ring. The boy says that his name is Nicholas. And the and then Braun yeah, says... Here's a, little, that, here's a little fun tidbit. And Daddy is a referee. Yeah, right. It took me... Yeah, because I'm looking at that. And I'm like, oh, that's his dad that's the that's referee. I mean, it makes sense. But, uh... Uh, yeah. I Braun says Mac Cardona said it. Yeah, I know. Somebody had somebody tweet or uh, yeah, somebody tweeted about it. I, I remember that. You and I might have found out like the next day. You might have told me, but uh, either way, Braun tells Nicholas to stand on the apron so that Braun can give the bar these hands. Okay, you know what? Funny, funny part. I wasn't sure we were going to catch this part. Do you realize? Do you remember when he's opening the ropes for him to get in? He wouldn't yeah. get in at first, so Braun stands on the second rope and pulls the top one up. And he's got yeah. the mic in his hand. You can verbally hear him say, get in the ring. <laughs> yeah, he's like, get in there. I'm like, God damn. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, yeah, I was like, well, damn. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Anyway, this one is The Bar of Sheamus and Cesaro. Yeah, The Bar. Defending the WWE Raw Tag Team titles against Braun Strowman and Nicholas. <laughs> goes just shy of four minutes. Nicholas tags in once when Braun is down. This gives Braun enough time to stand up and tag back in. I'm an a-hole. I'll admit it, but I would have laughed my ass off. I could have told you that. 
as soon as he tagged in, if Cesaro would have did like a running uppercut, <laughs> I would have laughed my ass. Look, let's off. be real. He could have easily swung that kid, and everyone would have cheered. <laughs> right. And it wouldn't, it wouldn't really hurt him, to be fair. So, yeah, right. He had long maybe, hair. That hair maybe throw a little bit. <laughs> he would have stumbled around and. They fit right in, New Orleans. Yeah, right. <laughs> Again, yeah, with the drunk a holes. Uh, Dude, I, I don't know. Like I said, if, if he would have tagged in, like Cesaro was clear on the other side of the ring, if he would have just like, did a running European uppercut, bam, <laughs> knocked the kid the F out. <laughs> uh, I'm, a, a, I'm a Richard. But anyway, LeBron stands up, tags himself back in. He ends up catching Cesaro off of a springboard crossbody and hits a power slam on him for the win. My opinion, in my opinion, it was pretty damn embarrassing to do to the bar. Uh, Uncle Dave and I both gave it Uno Star. Let's say you. I, I gave it two because I was kind of entertained by it. I mean, I, as a pure television viewer, I was entertained by that, bro. Mother of God. <laughs> it's a little bit entertaining, but at the same time, it's like you're building up Cesaro and Sheamus as these two killers, and they're yeah, like that's the together. Part, that's the part that pissed me off, too. Yeah, it's like, oh, they're killers, they're badasses. Like, and if you look, Sheamus is the same size as Braun. So it's not like he's he's given up a few pounds because Braun is thicker. He's also far better. Oh, well, that yeah, that goes without question. But it's not like he's a little dude getting tossed around here. Like, good God, man. And then Braun just single handedly whoops their ass in four minutes. Okay. By the way, I know that Nicholas had to surrender the title the next night. Who the hell there? Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I was uh, being squeezed in my chair uh, with a French dude next to me. God, that dude but, was like large and in charge, man. <laughs> yeah, he couldn't fit in the seat. Um, and I suffered for it. But um, and I appreciate that to this day because he would have killed me. Yeah, right. Do you remember who he I hadn't started my gym his... back then. <laughs> yeah. Do you remember who this uh, who, who his partner ended up being? I forget. I think they, I think he just forfeits the titles. Oh, okay. I, I, I think remember. Gotcha. I have well, like selective memory nowadays with recent events. Yeah, like I can remember I stuff in the eighties and nineties early, but or easily. I remember, I remember the segment him talking about. Well, Nicholas can't defend the titles because you know he's got math class tomorrow or something like that. You know, it's, yeah, they uh-huh. have a promo. He's no longer like the shy little kid. When to come back again, get these hands. Yeah, right. <laughs> After he did it's funny nothing. how he went from like, I don't want to talk to doing that. I just thought that was funny. Yeah, right. But anyway, that brings us to our main event. We're going to take our second to last break. When we come back, it's main event time. Right after this. Follow the main event marks at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod on Twitter at main event underscore marks and on Instagram at main event underscore marks and at main event collector. What's up, everybody? I am the hardest part of the ring, the host of the Apron Bump podcast. Ugh, another wrestling podcast. How many times can I listen to fans tell me who needs a push, who doesn't need a push, who brings Vince's coffee these days? Enough! The Apron Bump 
is about the journey. It's about nostalgia. It's about discovering new forms of wrestling to really tickle your pickle as a wrestling fan. The podcast brings you reviews of wrestling events all over the world, whether it's WWF, WWE, WCW, ECW. We even cover the golden eras of Ring of Honor, Progress, TNA, and more promotions in the future as well. New episodes every Wednesday. Bump day. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Go to apronbump.com or go to your favorite podcast platform or YouTube and subscribe today for the most diverse, fan-friendly wrestling podcast in the world. I'm hard. Marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Find all of our links on our link tree at linktr.ee forward slash main event marks. And we're back. The main event is here. It is for the WWE Universal title. Rock Lesnar with Paul Heyman. The wise man is in his corner taking on. Oh, he's an advocate right here. Oh, well, yeah. He's taking on Roman Reigns. He's defending the title against him. It's funny that the role, like, literally everything would be flipped uh, a few years later. Like, Roman's the heel. He's got Heyman in his corner. He's defending the title. <laughs> like, it's, it's, it's funny how, uh, how wrestling changes, man. Cody this Rhodes goes- claimed he's going to beat Roman and send Paul Heyman back to being an advocate. I thought that was funny. <laughs> nice. But uh, this goes just shy of 16 minutes. Brock backs Roman into the corner right away, and Roman fights back until getting suplexed multiple times. It all goes from the it's it's just all go from then Take on you out. Down to suplex city, bitch. <laughs> wow. Uh, Brock hits. Well, Heyman's words, not mine. Yep. I wouldn't uh, call Brock, my trouble chief that. <laughs> wow. Brock hits three F fives on Roman before hitting a fourth through the announce table. The, the uh, chance of boring rain down on these two. My, again, how have times have changed? Uh, little cheers would pop up here and there, but that's because beach balls and waves were going on through the crowd. Roman kicks yeah, out. Is, about- uh, well, the next night at Raw, when at the end, after they show off the air, he says, like, who's got a beach ball? I know someone's got it. The ball will start shooting them everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, man. But uh, Roman kicks out of a fifth F5, and the crowd boos every time he kicks out. Don't worry, <laughs> I like cried. A- so. It's not like a strong boo. It's like a you'd hear a smattering of boo. Like, ah, oh, it's still going on. Brock takes off his gloves and repeatedly beats on Roman's head until he bleeds like a stuck freaking pig. Roman reverses an F5 into two spears for a near fall. When he goes for another spear, Brock catches him for a sixth F5 to win and retain the universal title. Uncle Dave actually gave this three stars. I give it two and a half. I thought it was an average match. What say you? Okay, I would have given it three stars if their SummerSlam match last year hadn't happened. So I gave it two. Or, yeah, two. Yeah, this was... I was kind of... Uh, eh. much, you know, much as I love Roman, I was kind of like over him and Brock. Like, enough already. Yeah, I know. Especially at this time. It was just like, dude. And, and then, then they switch roles. Like, when they switch roles, I'm like, oh, it became fresh to me. There were two reactions in the crowd, by the way. There was you, me, another guy, and th- I mean, there were a few Roman fans of the crowd, but it was like definitely us. We just kind of sat there, like, uh, okay. And then, like, the other fans were like, "Yay, I'm out!" And then they just oh, I remember your reaction perfectly. You're like, really? <laughs> yeah. 
I, dude, I was shocked. Like, legit. I think I was more shocked at this than Shinsuke and Asuka. Yeah, right. Well, the crowd is sure. This is it. Roman's getting titled tonight. Like, it was a lock yep. in my mind. The crowd's shocked and silent at the end of the show. Like, no noise was picked up, man. It was pretty quiet. Uh, this you know what you was can honestly, hear? I say what? You know what you can hear? What? A mouse pissed on cat. That's my favorite one. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, this is honestly a downer way to end the night that fell extremely flat. A flat is a play full of piss. Uh, yeah, if, I had to, if I had to critique this card, uh, I would call it out for extremely weird card placement for quite a few matches. Especially like, why did you put that bar match right before this and then end the night like this? Generally, a lot of historians call that the death spot. So there's that. Yeah, right. But I also felt like some finishes were swerves for the sake of owning the IWC. It just felt that way to me. Like Vince was like, oh, the Internet says this. Well, we're going to give them that because f- them. <laughs> uh, I guess the I rumor was. Place. Yeah, right. I own your ass. Damn it. I like uh, what I tell you. To like, I guess rumor has it. Brock came back, stayed. He was pretty pissed after this match. He came back and just like whipped the title at Vince. Oh, there's like, a little rumor I'm... on that. It's on the 24 special. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah you can hear he Vince was... say, uh, I think he said, what's your fucking problem? He yells really loud. Damn. Like, what do you mean, what's his problem? Did you not hear that reaction? Like, the crowd, like, dude, the crowd shit on that match, man. They vomited that thing up. Nobody liked it. Uh, I'll say this. I think it might have been a little bit better if they just went with uh, maybe Roman and AJ in hindsight. Brock and yeah, Nakamura. yeah, I think that might have been a little like bit better. That. It would have been a little more original. Yeah, might as well. That brings us to our final break of the podcast. On the other end of this, we're going to tell you final ratings and what's coming up next week on the podcast. Follow the main event marks at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod on Twitter at main event underscore marks and on Instagram at main event underscore marks and at main event collector. Hello everyone, my name is Ryan McCarthy and I'm the host of the No Credentials Required podcast. Start your work week with the Monday Drop-In, where I talk about the sports beat in the Capital District, also known as the Mighty 518, as well as Metro New York sports from an upstate point of view. I also give a life lesson from a weekly sports story, so you might learn something from that. I also have a midweek podcast where I interview different sports personalities and talk about a wide array of topics. Take a listen and subscribe on your preferred podcast app, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Spreaker, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and iHeartRadio. Also, check out our social media channels on Twitter and Instagram, BellyUpNCR, and Facebook.com forward slash BellyUpSportsNCR. We're a part of the Belly Up Sports Podcast Network in association with Godzilla Media. No credentials required, where you don't need a press pass to talk sports. Hey gang, it's Commissioner Cooper of TSS Fantasy. We are the fantasy show of the people. Expert fantasy advice, free contests, leading expert medical and legal analysis, and most importantly, you. Interact with us on all social media platforms or check us out at tssfantasy.com. You can hear us on Spotify, Apple and Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and many more. Check out the fun today and be a part of the most interactive fantasy show around. TSS Fantasy, the fantasy show of the people. Burn it down! 
the main event marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Find all of our links on our link tree at linktr.ee forward slash main event marks. Hey, we're back. We're back. Final ratings time. Uh, Internet Movie Database gave this 6.6 out of 10. Cagematch.net gave it 6.05 out of 10. People hated this mania. I don't get it. I gave it an 8 out of 10. I actually liked it. What say you? All right, admitting that I'm looking at it because I was there. Right, yeah. I can say it was like a C plus. It wasn't that bad. Yeah, C plus, B minus. I'd probably give it a B minus. I mean I mean I like I, to be honest, even if I'm there, like I'll tell you flat out WrestleMania twenty nine, my first one sucked. <laughs> I have no problem telling you if it was bad if I was there. So yeah. This oh, was I don't a step know. Man. Above that. I, well, I've known people that won't admit that because I know a guy that was at WrestleMania twenty seven and he swears it was great. <laughs> yeah. Like, you're joking, right? Like that show blew all the ass. Seeing the Miz win was great. I'll say that. I didn't expect that to happen. Yeah, that, so that was the only good thing about that night that I can recall. So, but um, yeah, man, that just uh, I don't know. I I enjoyed it. I think people are being too harsh on it. Match quality for most things were actually it was uh, better than average. So I don't know. But again, I might be a little biased here. Uh, next week, though, we're getting into something that uh, it's classic TNA. You and I both enjoyed this one on uh, to open up April, April 5th. It's one of our favorite uh, pay-per-views on their annual calendar back in the day. It's TNA Lockdown 2005, the very first lockdown. Six and it was a banger. Hell yeah. I got to I still got to go back and watch. I know at the time I liked it. Oh, you know, I already watched because, you know, I love to watch. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> so I'm looking forward to watching that because, uh. I love TNA in 2005, so this will be fun for me to go back in time to that. But, uh, yeah, so keep an, uh, keep an eye out for that one. April 5th, coming at you, TNA Lockdown 05. Thank you for joining me today, Greg. Yeah, hey, thanks for doing a good one, finally. Yeah, right? Uh, uh, two good WrestleManias in a row, how about that? But we will catch you all next week on the podcast with TNA Lockdown. 2005.